Welcome to another episode of the Tech.eu podcast. My name is Robin Walters, and I'm here again with my co-host, Tech.eu reporter Shaheen Samavati. Hi, Shaheen. Hi, Robin. Good news from Reuters this week. A recent story from the publication pointed out that tech stocks in Europe have actually risen nearly 12% in the first quarter of this year, which is outpacing the broader market, which is up 4.8% only. It's also an increase over the same period last year when tech stocks actually fell 5.4%. The article pointed out that Europe has a key role in the digital industrial revolution, uh, noting that many European software firms are involved in corporate back offices, keeping systems efficient and running a less headline-grabbing side of the tech sector, but one that can be important for companies across all industries looking to cut costs, unquote. European companies that had an excellent first quarter included chipmakers ST Microelectronics, Infineon Technologies, and ASML as well as enterprise software providers, SAP and Sage. So not necessarily the sexy companies, but apparently Europe is doing well in the non-sexy part of the the industry. Uh, Analysts also say they expect to see European growth in areas such as semiconductors, automated vehicles, sensors, and virtual and augmented reality. So positive story. Yeah, so in other positive news, it was a, a very strong week for funding announcements. We tracked a total of 96 funding deals this week, totaling 460 million euros across Europe and Israel. The biggest one by far came from Dutch startup Picnic. It's only a year and a half old and just announced a 100 million euro Series B round from Dutch family funds. Sorry if I mispronounced them, but um, NPM Capital, De Hoog Denen, uh, Hoiberg, and Finky. <laughs> um, <laughs> you should have uh, said that part, Robin. <laughs> anyway, as a Dutch speaker. But uh, Picnic is an online supermarket that offers uh, free deliveries. It makes those deliveries using its fleet of custom-built electric-powered delivery trucks. The company will use the funds to build distribution centers in more cities across the Netherlands and purchase thousands more delivery trucks. Picnic, which calls itself, quote, the modern milkman, says it will employ over 2,000 people this year and eventually create over 10,000 new jobs in the Netherlands. So another landmark funding announcement was that of French software company Udrive. It has raised $65 million, which it claims is the largest amount so far for an unlisted software company in France. Investors include Tiki Hao Capital, MI3, and Next Stage, and the deal is expected to close in May. Udrive, based in Paris, provides secure data management services. It says it plans to use the new funds to accelerate growth in France, other European markets, as well as further afield. Currently, the company employs 350 people and says it has uh, more than 1 million users across 15,000 organizations. It previously raised around 9 million euros in investment, and the company says that tightening regulations around data protection have aided the company's growth by creating increased demand for data sharing and data protection solutions. Yes, and those were not the only big funding rounds. Um, Irish space technology startup Aralis uh, has raised 50 million euros in funding from an unnamed Hong Kong-based investor, which is slightly strange, but... Still, the company has developed satellite communications and radar technology that can be used in space. Its equipment has been used by the European Space Agency, the ESA, uh, the Ministry of Defense in the UK, and Chinese aerospace firms Beijing Blue Sky Aviation Technology and Sinotechco. Uh, Aralis has secured two contracts with ESA to develop communications technology. Um, their funding will be used to mass produce its high-tech components and to set up a supply chain in Hong Kong. Uh, the company also plans to more than double its 20-person staff, mostly in engineering and sales. 
not the only funding round still. Uh, there was a company called Freight Os, uh, Israeli company that specializes in freight logistics technology. They raised $25 million in Series B round from lead investor GE Ventures, bringing its total funding to date to $50 million. The Israeli company's funding round also included Aleph VC, Annex Capital, Gold Lion Holdings, ICV, and a number of other investors, including Arkraut. The logistics sector has been neglected by digitization, according to Dr. V. Schreiber, who's the CEO of the company, which launched the Freitas marketplace last year. The company counts Nippon Express, Siva Logistics, Hellman Worldwide Logistics, and Cisco Food among its clients. So in other big news from the past week, Uber said it will be ending services in Denmark in a matter of weeks because of a new law that sets requirements for taxi services, such as mandatory fare meters and seat sensors. Uber has been operating in Denmark since November 2014 and since then has faced challenges from local taxi driver unions, companies and politicians who said the company posed unfair competition, as happens in a lot of markets for Uber. But this one came to a head where Now Uber says it will shut down its services on April 18th, impacting about 2,000 Danish drivers and 300,000 customers who use the app in the country. Uber says it still plans to keep open its software development division in Aarhus, and uh, where it employs 40 people working on infrastructure software. It just so happens that I'm going to Copenhagen on April 18th, which is the exact day that they're planning to shut down. Imagine that. Um, next up, we're featuring an interview uh, with Willem Juncker. Uh, he's the CEO of Pan-European Innovation Network, EIT Digital, um, which uh, TechEU has been working with for a number of years now. I had the chance to catch up with him recently in Brussels, where the organization held its annual conference. So enjoy the interview. Hey, this is Robin from TechEU, and I'm here with Willem Juncker, who's the CEO of EIT Digital. And we're here at the EIT Digital Conference, which is an annual event held in Brussels. Can you tell us more about what today was and why you're here? Yeah, we're here to present our results to the world, so to say. So we invited a lot of people to come and share with us a discussion on how the digital transformation of Europe should go. We focus on two things here. Part of it is our innovation activities, acceleration of ventures, growing them, and show the trends that are going on. The other part is more about education, digital skills, very important topic, our education instruments, our schools, and we tell them about how they are developing and what our vision is on digital education. That's all great. But what is EIT Digital, for those who don't know? EIT Digital is an organization that meanwhile exists since 2010. It's an organization that uh, has two major objectives. First, it's to bring digital talent to Europe. And the second thing is to bring digital innovations. And we do that by building a strong pan-European ecosystem. We have a network of co-location centers in nine countries, meanwhile, in Europe, where we bring people together from education, from research, from business, from investors, and create the vibrant ecosystems that generate new ideas and also deliver people with an entrepreneurial mindset that will drive in Europe the digital transformation. What is the organization? Is it a non-profit? Is it publicly funded? Is it PPP? Uh, what's the, the structure? Yeah, so we are a Belgian IVZW, which is an international association. We have a membership. The membership is the authority that decides on our strategy and our mission. And we are really uh, organized as an association and we are run as a company. So we have a very professional staff. We are running our, our daily business, so to say in supporting the partnership in developing the education and innovation activities across our centers in Europe. 
So that gives you a good finger on the pulse of the European tech ecosystem. Um, you just put out an annual report. Obviously, you don't have to um, go into a lot of detail, but what, what were some of the highlights from the report? Yeah, for me, the highlights is uh, it's uh, still our, our very growing partnership. Yeah, we got now uh, nearly to 150 uh, partners. We got a strong inflow of industry partners again last uh, year. 1st of January this year, we were opening two new nodes, a full node in Budapest, a full node in, in Madrid. So the ecosystem is really developing, expanding, uh, getting stronger. That's an important achievement again. The second thing, if, if you look to the innovation activities, I'm very happy that I see really a shift to my, towards more value creation out of our innovation activities. I see more technology transfer. I see more products coming out. I see more ventures coming out. So I, it's really a growth in that uh, area. Then the third and final one is the delivery in education. It's a little bit a mixed uh, picture in the sense that we are doing uh, quite stable in the master and doctoral uh, education. The professional education should get off a little bit more off the ground. And on the other hand, we invested quite a bit in online education and our MOOC programs really took off with 30,000 active learners on our MOOC uh, programs that were only interviewed just before the summer. So that was really a big hit. One thing that I really like about EIT Digital is your accelerator program. Um, can you elaborate on that? What is it? Um, why should startups apply for it? What do you provide them? Our accelerator is really about scale-ups. So we really changed the strategy because when we were early starting with our accelerator, there was a lot of startups in the accelerator. We gradually renew our portfolio and have more mature ventures that we scale up in, in Europe. And you see that really uh, happening. Uh, one of the things we achieved as well in our complete uh, portfolio together with our alumni, we passed the 250 million private investment in our portfolio with 80 million we directly mobilized ourselves the remaining part was mobilized by the ventures that was uh, in our portfolio in uh, in other ways what we are doing uh, currently we changed as of end of 2016 uh, our conditions under which we support because we believe that we have really a high-value pan-European instrument that has no uh, competitor, and we want to make that into a sustainable operation, which means that from now on, we charge scale-ups for the services that we offer through our accelerator. And I'm very happy to see that uh, a significant number of scale-ups already uh, scale-up, and we are well on track on the ambitions that we have for scale-up signing up for 2016 uh, after one quarter into the year. So that looks very promising. Great. Part of this week is also you meeting with partners and kind of setting the tone for the rest of the year and maybe even beyond that. What does the future of EIT Digital look like? Will it be a lot different from last year, let's say? Well, the way we develop is that we develop in a fairly consistent way our programs. Of course, you see change over time, but the main topics that will be uh, on, on, on our agenda for the years to come is strong impact, good value creation of the ventures, of the, of the, the, the people that we deliver from our education programs, and sustainability. So finding ways of not only creating value, but also harvesting that value and let some of that value flow back into EIT Digital as a kind of recurring mechanism to finance our future investments. So that will be a very important part 
of the way we act. Um, final question, not specifically related to EIT Digital, more general. Um, what do you think the biggest challenge for European startups and scale-ups today? Well, I think I, I would like to refer to the talk that I gave this morning here. And I, I mentioned actually two topics that are really essential. And that's about the mindset. The mindset from the beginning should be think global and realize that the digital world is very much a platform economy. And that is two concepts that you should really master. It doesn't mean that everybody has to build a platform, but you have to understand how platform economies and ecosystems work to be effective in such infrastructures. I think that's the main thing. And of course, there are all kinds of things like regulation could be better, there could be more money or what have you. That's the usual stuff. But it starts with a global mindset. And we see proof points of companies with all the obstacles that are around that nevertheless make it to global players, also from Europe. Yeah? Sometimes they get bought by Asian or American companies, but it can be done. And that is very much a matter of a global mindset and a deep understanding of how platform economies work. Well, I can only agree. Uh, Mr. Jonker, thank you very much for your time and best of luck with uh, the rest of EIT Digital. Thank you very much. My pleasure. So to conclude the podcast, we're going to go over a couple of exits. There weren't a ton of them this week, but among them was the UK-based Kitely's acquisition by Canon Europe, uh, where the amount wasn't disclosed. Kitely is an e-commerce solution that creates APIs and SDKs for businesses to employ personalized print solutions in their mobile apps. The acquisition is Canon's latest move. It's our latest move <laughs> into expanding into digital services, uh, commented Alberto Spinelli, Senior Director of Digital Services at Canon Europe. Um, the deal will generate new revenue for Canon and allow them to, quote, engage with their users in a much more meaningful way. Yep. And another acquisition, uh, Software AG has acquired uh, Cumulosity, uh, which is a German IoT platform provider, uh, which it says will boost its position in the Internet of Things space. Cumulosity develops a cloud-based IoT platform for managing devices and the data that they collect. The company's CEO, Bernd Gross, said the acquisition was the next logical step after a close partnership with Software AG since 2015. Terms of the deal, however, were unfortunately not disclosed. Uh, prior to the acquisition, the Dusseldorf-based uh, Cumulosity had raised uh, one undisclosed round of funding from high-tech Grunder funds and Verso Ventures. That's it for this week. Um, thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Uh, make sure not to miss the next one by subscribing on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also follow tech.eu on Twitter. We're at tech underscore EU. Um, we can also be found on Facebook, LinkedIn, and even Google Plus if you're so inclined. Uh, also, please make sure to sign up for our newsletter, which gives you a nice weekly overview of all the funding and M&A transactions we track across Europe and much more. And it's totally free, so please sign up. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye, Shaheen. Bye, Robin.